Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about placental abruption. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash placental abruption or in the antenatal care section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. Placental abruption refers to when the placenta separates from the wall of the uterus during pregnancy. The site of attachment can bleed extensively after the placenta separates. Placental abruption is a significant cause of antepartum hemorrhage or bleeding during pregnancy. Let's talk about the risk factors. The risk factors for placental abruption are previous placental abruption in a previous pregnancy, preeclampsia, bleeding in early pregnancy, trauma, so consider domestic violence when placental abruption occurs, multiple pregnancy, fetal growth restriction, somebody who is multigravida, meaning that they've had a lot of previous pregnancies, increased maternal age, smoking, and cocaine or amphetamine use. Next, let's talk about the presentation. The typical presentation of placental abruption is with sudden onset severe abdominal pain that is continuous, vaginal bleeding, described as antepartum hemorrhage, shock with hypotension and tachycardia, abnormalities on the CTG indicating fetal distress, and a characteristic woody feeling to the abdomen on palpation, which would suggest a large hemorrhage. Next, let's talk about the severity of an antepartum hemorrhage. The RCOG guideline from 2011 defines the severity of antepartum hemorrhage, vaginal bleeding during pregnancy, as spotting, referring to spots of blood noticed on the underwear, minor hemorrhage, meaning less than 50 milliliters of blood loss, major hemorrhage being 50 to 1,000 milliliters of blood loss, and massive hemorrhage being more than 1,000 milliliters or 1 liter of blood loss, or there being signs of shock. So if the patient develops severe hypotension and shock, even with lower amounts of blood loss, that's still considered a massive hemorrhage. Next, let's talk about concealed abruption. Concealed abruption is where the cervical os remains closed, so the cervix is sealed off, and any bleeding that occurs remains within the uterine cavity. The severity of bleeding can be significantly underestimated with a concealed hemorrhage. The opposite of a concealed abruption is a revealed abruption, where the blood loss is observed via the vagina. Finally, let's talk about management. There are no reliable tests for diagnosing placental abruption. It's a clinical diagnosis based on the presentation. Placental abruption is an obstetric emergency and the urgency depends on the amount of placental separation, the extent of the bleeding, the hemodynamic stability of the mother and the condition of the fetus. It's important to consider concealed hemorrhage where the vaginal bleeding may be disproportionately small compared with a large amount of uterine bleeding, with the blood staying inside the uterus. The initial steps with a major or a massive hemorrhage are urgent involvement of a senior obstetrician, midwife and anaesthetist, 
two grey cannulas inserted to get good IV access, blood tests including a full blood count, use and ease, liver function tests and coagulation studies, blood grouping and cross-matching four units of blood in case a transfusion is required, fluid resuscitation and blood transfusions as required, CTG monitoring of the fetus and close monitoring of the mother. Ultrasound can be useful in excluding placenta previa as a cause for antepartum hemorrhage, but it's not very good at diagnosing or assessing abruption. Antenatal steroids are offered between 24 and 34 plus 6 weeks gestation to help mature the fetal lungs in anticipation of preterm delivery. Rhesus D negative women require anti-D prophylaxis when bleeding occurs. A Kleinhauer test is used to assess the quantity of fetal blood that's mixed with the maternal blood to determine the dose of anti-D that's required. Emergency caesarean section may be required where the mother is unstable or there's fetal distress. There's also an increased risk of postpartum hemorrhage after delivery in women who have placental abruption. Therefore, active management of the third stage is recommended to reduce this risk. So thanks for listening to this episode on placental abruption. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about placenta accreta.